This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That that covers it. Unless it's exactly 12 where you are. In which case, you received no greeting this this uh, episode of Carl Pooling. So that's, sorry. It's a greeting-free episode for you, and I really, I really do apologize about that. There's just no good noon. Not going to happen. Oh. Not for me. It's too weird. And it's so selective. That would That's be like fair. if I came over and was like, "Hey Hunter, I hope you have a great. I hope you have a great 408 today." Uh, yeah, but you have a great 1137 as Just well. Really make the most out of that minute today, right? Right. And then I'm leaving you hanging. It feels more rude than polite, you know. I totally understand. I'm this. leaving them out of the rest of the times. <laughs> Anyhow, thanks for joining us, everyone. As you know, this show is Carl Pooling. It's a it's a show that'll get you fired. If you're listening to this, you're probably already unemployed, and that's not just because unemployment is skyrocketing in America, where number of unfilled jobs continue to soar. Um, it's it's because you hold the wrong viewpoints, and that's what brought you here. And those viewpoints are unacceptable to to your woke friends, boss. Probably mom. Think about that. Do you th- can you imagine how terrible it would be to have a woke mom? Oh, no. She probably would, like, complain about, like, what side of the plate your fork was on. Why? I don't have no idea. No, you don't. But- I'm going to need you to step <laughs> up your game. Like, like 30 to 40% stronger starting Oh, now. man. Oh, I have to go reach deep. I'll no, get you, on it. You see these videos on, like, libs of TikTok that are someone's like i am conflicted about this baby in my womb because i'll be bringing another white man into the world and i'm like oh my lord it's got to be tough to have a woke mom like yeah whatever the very 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 opposite of the oedipal complex is did you see the one where this kid was like with his mom and she was he was like my mother doesn't care if i'm gay or lesbian yes. or anything like that she just wants me to be a part of the lgbt community and she doesn't really care and then the mom was like what are you saying and the kid's like facts, facts. <laughs> and that's, that's like, right this take little that, mom. this little trans kid yeah. ben shapiro his own woke mom it was nice it was really good and then he started to like spit in her face and say what about those feelings but that didn't happen that second part yeah but it was it was uh, you can see how uncomfortable it made her that he was telling the entire world that yeah she pushes me into a a gender ideology and a sexual preference which is just so strange because these kids are like what like maybe 10 or 11 at the very 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 most yeah, it looks even yeah. younger than that to me. Um, yeah, it, it, I agree. It's just absolutely grooming. It's grooming. It's just, mm. it's so disgusting. Um, mm. Anyway, yeah, that's why you're here. Because you... Because <laughs> we uh, say stuff like that. Because you, you don't have a woke mom that forces you to be a tranny kid. I or don't, you do I, and we're saving so you. so far off the rails. Yeah. That's, that could be true, too. Yeah. 
if you're a tranny kid, don't email me. Um, I'm not like the other adults in your life that are super concerned with talking to you all the time. I think you should just go outside and be a kid for a minute and uh, try and stay Touch away grass. from all the pedophiles out there that have been grooming you online. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for for listening in. So we got a big show for you today. And by a big show, I mean it's just been a while since we've talked to you. You know, we recorded the episode that we dropped last week a couple of weeks ago and... 20, 2022 has been getting off to just a rip-roaring start. The economy is frozen solid. Congress is frozen solid. The Senate is frozen solid. The space between Joe Biden's ears is frozen solid. Um, mm. and, and most of the country is frozen solid. Just nothing seems to be moving. Nothing seems to be shaking. And it might be the end, the early end of Joe Biden's presidency, as we know. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all those things. Very exciting. But first... Hunter, as yes. is my birthright, bestow upon me the roadkill for why should I not have it? So as we've been talking about uh, our lovely president, Joe Biden, everyone's favorite, uh, class prez, Joe Biden, uh, we wanted to bring you this absolutely delicious gaffe. Hunter, let um, me stop you right there mm-hmm. um, for just a second. Did you know, and I'm waiting, see what I did? People love the roadkill. We get such mm. positive feedback on the roadkill that now I know mm. everyone is focused in very mm. tightly. And I want to use this specific moment when our attention capital is at its greatest to let everyone yes. know that I kept my Christmas promise to you. And there is a brand new show <gasps> in the Carl Pooling family of podcasts. Say what now? Yes, Hunter, and you host it, so quick I do? like you don't know anything, this show is going to become very hard to record. That's um, true. Yeah, but it's true. It's true. Hunter, tell everyone a little bit about the show. Right. So you guys have heard uh, Ben on the show before. He's one of our favorite guests. Um, me and Ben put together a show based on some books we've been reading over the past several years. Um and me and Ben kind of were in a stage in our life where we really wanted to learn, where we really wanted to grow. And we thought, wouldn't it be cool to do like a book club together, essentially? And the show is kind of an outgrowth of that. We spent a lot of time reading some of the largest and craziest and most impactful books in the Western world. And we put them all, then we wrote down our thoughts, and then we recorded a podcast about them. And that's what Leatherbound is. We're really excited to share it with you guys. We kind of packaged it up, and it's an entire season. So it's seven books uh, that we've gone through, we thought through, and we kind of, we're not doing a review necessarily. We're not telling you what happens, what the story is, what the characters do. We're not sparksnoking it for you. We're pulling out the big ideas, and we're sharing those with you guys, and reading quotes from the books. So Go give it a listen. I think it's been it was really fun to record um, and put together with Ben, and I really hope we get the chance to do it again in a meaningful way. So yeah, that's pretty much Leatherbound. Thanks for letting me uh, take some time there and introduce it to everybody, Chris. Sure, Hunter. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what the best episode is, so uh, the they know which episode, one to skip to. Right, right. Skip the first three; they're worthless. Yep. Go to episode four, which is where we discussed. Uh, Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil, and we bring in a powerhouse of a guest. Just you may so, have heard uh, him. Uh, uh, the sexual energy and magnetism of that guest, and I, 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 I can't say, say who that. I can't say who it is, but I didn't say that. It was somewhat overwhelming at first. I, I mean, it, I it was almost that. distracting because it, it was such an attractive voice. Are you trying to say that I'm attracted to my brother? 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just <laughs> okay. I'm trying to say that it it was uh, that I had a crush, you know, <laughs> almost immediately when I listened to episode four. So um, a real powerhouse of a guest, very brilliant too. Yeah, he um, was okay. You know, he knows books. It might be impossible to understate his brilliance. So anyway, that's my I pitch will... for the show. Is just go. Go listen to episode four. You're gonna love it, um, and and it's awesome. I've listened to I've listened to uh, quite a few of the episodes now, and I am enjoying my way through it immensely. So great. I know you. And I too. will. And I will say this. All kidding aside, Christopher read Beyond Good and Evil, which is about a 120 page tome of information and just will shred you to pieces if you're not prepared to go through it. It's it's quite the book. I really appreciate it. And Christopher absolutely obliterated it i think in less than a week and then came it was three nights it was three nights (laughs) my brain was was like silly putty that you'd left in the microwave for three minutes but you purely crushed it and afterwards i i actually died (laughs) (laughs) he actually did I, I seriously like fell asleep at my desk after we were done, but um, it was so much fun. I gotta say though, if you've never tried to read Nietzsche, just go, just go Google because a lot of his stuff is in the public domain. Just look how he writes; it is, it's impossible. You'll read like a whole paragraph, you'll be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and you have to go mm. back and start again. It was a lot of fun though, but yeah, yeah, that was a that was a great episode. And uh, it, I, I'd like to put another little little uh, pitch out there. Because I didn't know what books you guys had chosen until I I edited and uploaded these for you, but um, Ordinary Men was a very bold, very good choice. Yeah. So if you're of drinking age, check out of Ordinary Men. It is um, that's a horrifying book, a really yes. horrifying book, and a very important one. So anyhow, yeah. uh, great work on all of that, man. You man, too. thank you, and thank you for contributing as well. Absolutely. So okay. Now that we've interrupted the show, and, and yeah. you've got now you know you've got seven other great shows that you are behind on. I've given yes. you some homework. We're gonna get back to the Roadkill Hunter, please, without further um, delay. Christopher, have you ever heard of Squid Game? Okay, back to the Roadkill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Biden faces renewed ridicule. Ridicule. Wow. After comparing MLK's assassination to George Floyd's death. As a nation pauses to observe Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a video of then-presidential candidate Joe Biden saying George Floyd's death had a greater global impact than the assassination of Dr. King is recirculating. So. So. Had a greater global impact? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's, that's the quote. <laughs> you know? Surely you have to be misquoting that. He said no. that he had a greater global impact his death yeah. had a greater global impact than Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. Right. I mean, that makes sense. If you stop and think about the impact they've had on societies and the movements they lived through and the uh, causes that they fought for their entire no, life. Hunter, Hunter I, I'm with you. It makes perfect sense if you know not what the words global nor impact mean. <laughs> if you are completely derelict in your, your grokking of their respective definitions, then it makes 100% perfect sense that I'm on his side. Yeah. However, if you have a base literate sensibility about you, then that is the most um, bat refuse insane thing that any human being has ever said. Yeah. A greater yeah. impact. One of them died in Nashville uh, marching with the dispossessed as he saw it and and is remembered fondly the world over for 
for his belief. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and say I agree with all of MLKJ's beliefs. I mean, he and I disagreed about some things. He, he promoted some socialism that I'm not for, and, and I don't expect it out of anyone. Um, he, he His personal life had, had some ups and downs to it and sure. so uh, this is he's a human being uh, yeah he's a human being and he had a lot of good ideas and some ideas that i think were not so good but his it, we cherish him we all cherish mm. him left and right mm-hmm. we cherish him because he had this idea that that uh, ethnicity wasn't wasn't destiny that mm. you you were more than the color of your skin and actually what made you um worthwhile and relevant and beautiful as a person was how you could instill inside your character precious wonderful lasting eternal things that had nothing to do with the body that they were inside that's why we cherish martin luther king jr and one of the reasons that we cherish george floyd is because he was able to do more fentanyl than most livestock could while maintaining an upright standing posture I, I seriously what is wrong with this man it, it does it makes no sense and it and it's not to say that like it's not to like the the joke you made is not at the expense of george floyd it's at the expense of joe biden like how dare you elevate this I man? joke about them both but okay <laughs> <laughs> how dare you elevate this man over martin luther king absolutely right? how, how dare you? And more importantly, he's a career you know, criminal, a thug, a, right. a, a coward. He threatened women several times in in conveyance of his crimes, and mm. and you're going to make a make some kind of not even an equivocation, but but claim that the impact of George Floyd outstrips that of of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. You're mm-hmm. a moron. You're a moron. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there there is more global impact in one of MLK's numerous speeches than the eight minute long video of George Floyd. I'm mm. sorry, but I can't breathe is not comparable to I have a dream. And, no. and I, I, I put this out on Twitter when I, when I saw this for the first time, Hunter, I know I was sandbagging earlier when I saw this for the first time, I said, this has got to be the most racist thing that any president has said in like seven terms, seven mm-hmm. plus terms at least. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can disagree with me, and so we do actually have to. We do have to give Joe Biden his due here, Hunter. Um, I don't think which, anyone which? expected that he would, <laughs> with bipartisan agreement, clear in a way, take the first spot and outpace Trump for the most racist president of you modern know, American history award. A you know, lot of I, people s- said he couldn't do it. Um, and I was never one of those. So it feels good to be right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, you but, know, Hunter, Hunter, uh, black kids are just as smart as wealthy kids or whatever he said. I can't remember his exact phrase. <laughs> oh my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's so bad. He's been um, bad at this for literally his entire life. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. He reminds me trying to pronounce words on a podcast. It's that bad. It's shameful. <laughs> it's shameful. So, but, and. I mean, when you look at King's life and you look at the things he done, he's done and the things he believed in, too, that the American Constitution was a promissory note to all people. Yes. It's such an amazing idea that someone that in that true oppression could picture a world where that was true. 
And that is the hope and the dream that America means to so many people, even the people who were penning the Constitution at that time when they lived in that extremely racist country in some places, right? Yeah. And so, like, and, and, and so, and, like, and in a utter tyranny, too. Right. And so it's like, man, King got it. What a cool guy. And George Floyd never stood up for any of that. Never, and maybe believed it, maybe all of that, but never went to the mat for it like that, if that makes sense. You know, he never, never did anything worthwhile with his life, as far as I could tell. Sure, and his death is a tragedy. It shouldn't have happened. We don't like it. We're not celebrating it. None of that is good, but to to put Martin Luther King underneath George Floyd is is criminal. Yeah, or it's, absolutely. That's, hyper, that's hyperbolic, but you get the idea. Uh, absolutely, and it's, it's also insane... Uh, when you have what is clearly a racially motivated shooting in the case of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, to to make an equivocation between that and and the Derek Chauvin George Floyd case where mm. sure Derek Chauvin is found found guilty of murder and I think that there's decent reasons for it but you also can't ignore the fact that one of them was carrying out the duties of being a police officer potentially overzealously in the commission of those duties when he came across an erratic suspect who had a lethal dose of fentanyl already in his system you can't sure. you cannot separate the two the other one accident uh, the the other one unfortunately tragically caught a bullet outside of a hotel or a motel mm-hmm. in tennessee that mm-hmm. that's not the same thing that right. there's no way that you can draw right. an equivalency between those two and by the way no one in the george floyd case in the george floyd trial even brought up racism as a motive Right. That was just something that the media ran with. With it was completely specious. There was no backing for it when when the rubber hit the road. So right. so it's just completely insane. Um, but what a wonderful intro. Yeah. To our to our topic today. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. We just haven't talked to you. We just haven't had the chance to chat since <laughs> so many wonderful things have happened with with good old President Brandon and. Based on the landscape, the the fact that many of the purple or old dog, old guard blues are beginning their 2022 campaigns, that we have an election coming up at the end of this year, and that the numbers are way out of proportion for what they were even just at the beginning of 2020, it is looking like Biden is entering the last meaningful period of his presidency as we speak. And that's, in my opinion, uh, time to rejoice. There are some, there were some really scary challenges to Liberty last year and, and earlier this year, there's been some huge movements in that space as we vacillate between an authoritarian or socialized governmental system increasingly and uh, a capitalist and and democratic republic style system Um, Mm. and it's important to take note of those things so that's what we're going to do today we're going to give a rundown on the state of you know the carpooling state of the union how politics are generally going thus far and and i i will say for those who have a conservative bent in general it's time to be it's time to be comfortable not not in a not in a resting way but things are moderately good there's a moderately positive outlook right now and so that seems to be really good what are your thoughts on that hunter 
Yeah, no, I mean, as we look into this year, it seems that um, the Democratic Party doesn't have a good message or agenda and seems to be losing on a bunch of different fronts. And Christopher, we're going to talk through all that. And, you know, I think the normal thing then is to say, well, it's time for the Republicans to gain control and do what we wanted to do and rah, rah, rah. And I'm not exactly a team jersey wearing kind of guy. And I know you're kind of the same. You know, one of the things that I'm really curious about and what I really want to see from the Republicans in, in this year especially is what is going to be the plan when uh, – power switches back to the red team so to speak what are the what's the plan to get us out of inflation what's the plan to get our economy returning back to normal and it's probably something akin to uh stopping this covid nastiness and you know let 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 us live our lives and probably some other character traits there too but um like you i remember in 2016 when the republicans took everything and could not uh, repeal the uh the uh, obamacare yeah. The Affordable Care Act. Exactly. And so, like, you know, one thing I'm really paying attention to is what the, what that looks like. But that being said, it looks like a good year for the other team to get control of things. And boy, howdy, is it good to see people who have put policies in that have hurt Americans lose power. Yeah, that seems abso- good to me. Absolutely. So so yeah. I love how you set this up. So let's start talking about why things look so good for uh, the GOP this time around and the conservative agenda in general. And sure. then let's talk about what we'd like to see as a plan uh, going forward. I think that's that's really worth talking about. All right. So first things first, right off the rip, today – uh, or actually, I think it came out yesterday. Gallup updated their voter identification numbers. So at the beginning of 2020, 49% of Americans were self-identifying as Democrat, and 40% were self-identifying as as Republicans. As we begin 2022, I'm sorry, that was at the beginning of 2021. As we begin 2022, the numbers have flipped. And Hunter, this is the biggest lead that Republicans have had since 1995. Wow. Okay. But currently, 47% of people self-identify as Republicans and only 42% self-identify as Democrats. So wow. we're talking about basically a 14-point shift over the course of a year. And when you combine that with Biden's approval rating, which is is actually closely... you. When you overlay the decline in in Democrat self identification, it almost perfectly mirrors Joe Biden's Joe Biden's personal approval ratings. Um, it tells a pretty gotcha. clear story: is that yeah. this agenda, this this, you know, Joe Biden was was voted in on the idea that he would be a return to normalcy, and yet he's governed like Bernie Sanders. And, and it seems mm-hmm. very clear that when the Democratic Party goes the way of the Sanders and the way of the Cortezes, they lose their base, which is yes. great to see. And that's what the data, I think, is telling us here. Right. You know, and I think um, we, we're seeing Joe Biden's approval rating drop to 33 um, percent, which in popular polls, like, you know, polls that aren't trying to, like, shout rah, rah, rah for the uh, Republicans either. This is mainstream stuff. And the breakdown of that poll too, I forget who put it out, but um, the breakdown for that poll to uh, Quinnipiac, or Quinnipiac. I don't know if I, 
Thank you. I could. I, I literally can't say words on a podcast. It's my kryptonite, like Bryden's is of saying things normally into a, <laughs> a, of, of a, you know, tel- with a teleprompter there. Um, but it had 75% of Democrats saying they were in support of Biden. That is unheard of. You don't see stuff like that happen. It's typically like 90% your party approves. Yes. Yes. So, so we're seeing some really, really strong hatred for the president of the United States, which means there's some strong hatred for his policy and his agenda, right? Um, we definitely know it's not Kamala Harris that's going to save us. Because um, so, her he, approval rating is lower than his, which should right, be impossible. Right, exactly. Um, but And I think the um, important thing to keep in mind here is, you know, why is this happening? Well, a lot of it's what we've seen happen in schools. You know, what happened um, in uh, Virginia. Oh Virginia Lumpkin, is Lumpkin and yeah, right. That that's the Democrats' agenda on schools, right? To some extent, and that's what those policies accomplish. And the five hundred thousand dollars, all that stuff we talked about uh, in our previous podcast, um, that five thousand dollars that went to the uh, diversity uh, ins- inspection of the school, right, to a no bid contract, right, right. Um, and, and there's that, more. There's more unrest on that front too. Just briefly, I mean. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago has been going to war with the teachers unions, which is insane because they were in bed like 30 minutes ago. But right. I guess breakfast wasn't as good as it could have been. So now they're fighting because because these politicians and this this we're going to get into this a lot more later. But the the school board is a group of quasi elected individuals there's very small races there's very little competition and then they are embedded in a bureaucracy which is the the um union the the Mm. public teachers union and there is limited leverage there but these elected officials these high profile elected officials know that this policy is murderous it is cancer mm. to an anathema to their campaigns you know i right. saw i saw the democratic teachers association whatever whatever twitter account put out the other day that i don't know where parents got this idea that they got to decide what was being taught to their kids i was like run on it just 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 keep, do it today doing this because yeah. you are going to lose and you are going to lose so hard this is what Parents? happens when you when you tell anybody that they have a captive audience and they don't have to differentiate and market their product to that audience and then the captivity goes away that this is what is happening in chicago that's why Lori lightfoot who who was going to let keep paying the teachers unions inordinate sums of money to do nothing until the end of time is now realizing in 2022 that she has to attack these people that used to be her fellow travelers. It is an amazing thing to see. So we've really seen Democrats in that have been really strongly supporting teachers unions and the CDC really change their tune at the beginning of 2022 right the the programs and the things that they are running on and saying have really kind of flipped and the things that you would get in trouble for saying on twitter now are coming out of uh, michelle walensky's mouth right yes absolutely and so that's that's interesting in itself but parents decide what their kids learn in school because parents pay for it you know what's so upsetting about that chris we hear all the time that the govern that the presidential election should be decided on the popular vote, not the electoral college. That the electoral college needs to be put away, and all that nonsense. And then when it's a democratic institution that's set up by the state, right, for public schools to take over, 
absolutely no democracy. It's autocratic rule in right. that space. Right. And it's it's absurd. And maybe parents shouldn't be, you know, telling the teachers not to teach their kids, you know, fake math or something like that. Or, you know, they probably should do something, you know, 12th graders shouldn't do those like block and circle exercises. You know, they should probably be doing calculus, you know, like, sure, that, that all makes sense. But they have an interest in what their kids are being educated in and that it meets something that's a useful skill in the environment. And if they think the teachers are doing something that does not meet that purpose, they have the right to get rid of their school board, to elect new officials, to do all the democratic processes available to them. And teachers unions do not get to organize against citizens of America. In any context ever. Well, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and that's a, that's kind of a different but very relevant discussion. And sure. and we can, you know what? Let's have part of it because I think it does actually tie back into the main theme here. Public sector unions should be illegal. It's actually a riot that we allow them to continue. Sure. The the idea of a public sector union is not that there is a group lobbying against the powerful members um, and owners of a company. On behalf of the employees, it is a disgruntled group of bureaucratic middle managers that are lobbying against the interests of the American people writ large. That's the difference between a private union and a public sector union. Um, In a lot of ways, I feel that even some private unions have become a little bit decadent and, and useless in recent times. But public sector unions never made any sense. Why is it legal? Why is it legal that any group gets to lobby against the American people without the representation of the American people? I do not understand. That should mm-hmm. It should not mm-hmm. be legal, and that's what the teachers' unions are. But why do they feel like they can get away with it? Well, in a lot of these inner cities that have been blue, 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 blue for so long, there's no way – it doesn't matter if you agree or not. It doesn't matter if you agree or disagree, and it's one of the reasons why you have kids in these in these centers going to the worst schools in the country, having no meaningful education, having the laziest teachers uh, the, with the worst facilities – and yet you get this you get this democrat to come on stage and and get a billion votes because they say that you know oh they're a big supporter of teachers and they love education they're going to help the little guy and then they just don't do it they just don't right. care and, and and by the way teachers if you or or parents if you disagree you can go you can go get bent this is effectively what ralph mm-hmm. northam tried in virginia and you see how well that worked for him he got clobbered right. and that's probably right. a bellwether for what's coming next and and the truth of the matter is, is that that's one of the things that we're seeing right here. For instance, one of the super interesting parts is that even though Joe Biden is losing voters from all demographics, he's losing voters from the from the Latino population incredibly, right. incredibly quickly, um, yep. probably because most of them are running away from countries that are trying to become socialist. And yet yes. here he is one. But this modern plantation viewpoint where you know, Mitt Romney's going to put y'all back in chains. Literally mm. what the commander in chief said about mm-hmm. um, Joe Biden. The most or, milk toast, uh, The only thing he ever. wants to put in chains is probably like a third and fourth wife because he's a uh, Mormon and they're horrifying. Honestly, go to, <laughs> go to Salt Lake city. They're the scariest people on planet earth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Come get us, Utah. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? I'm, I would take on the Scientologists, but I have. Uh, but I'm not going <laughs> to take on the Mormons, except for here. I've done it. Um, right. But <laughs> regardless, uh, th- they'll never be able to get to me. Their special underwear causes too much drag. Actually, have you ever seen a pair of it? Uh, it kind of just looks like a 
white uh, bedclothes, so to speak, like white pajamas, right? Does it go? Is it is it just shorts on the men? I don't know. Mm. I thought it was pants, but. Well, if you're anyway. a Mormon, email us at Carpool. Email us a picture of your uh, uh, underwear. Yeah, email us, email us a picture of you in your special underwear, and uh, yeah, we'll please. post it and then probably probably make fun of you. Um, or, you know what? If you're like an ex-Mormon, uh, you know what? If you're a current Mormon or an ex-Mormon and you want to either get lambasted or explain yourself, <laughs> feel free to email us. We'd love to actually have you on the show. But just know yeah. that if you're a current Mormon, I know more about it than you do, most likely, and I'm going to yeah. roast you into the ground. Uh, you people are crazy. So, anyhow, <laughs> uh, but come all, come all the same. Just just know I've read the Book of Mormon. It's not going to be a good time. So, G- so okay. Uh, the teachers' unions—they're organizing against us. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, that, so, I'm, I'm working on it. So, yeah, my my point is to say that Joe Biden's over here. Just like in those inner cities, you think, well, we'll never have a better school because how could we vote anyway but blue? Because sure, these people aren't great, but the other people want to put us back in chains. That is the message that Joe Biden has forwarded. And in Virginia, the message fell apart. And when you have a 14-point swing in the voter identification numbers, the message is falling apart. The modern plantation is crumbling down. And that is a great thing to see. It could bear the weight of some social programs, but it could not bear the weight of socialism itself. The modern plantation will not abide it. It will not abide it we're seeing the demographics this eternal obama coalition where the democrats would never lose to the end of time the person who originally wrote that article is now saying that it's completely defunct that that so many latinos are leaving the uh democratic party that it the black vote is not sufficient to stand uh is not sufficient to sustain them it is an amazing thing that's happening right now yeah and I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, and I think one thing that you can see happen there, and I, I don't know this exactly, but as people tend, as people get settled here and they get ingratiated in good paying jobs and are, you know, enjoying life in America, they begin to start to worry about illegal immigration um, because yeah. it begins to affect their livelihood, you know, and it's a real it's a real human desire you know a real human um feeling and so we may see more and more of that go as the um community continues to exist in america longer it's also a good point about our hardworking legal immigrant families that care a whole lot more about inflation than they care about you saying latinx at every available opportunity these people are losing the thread they're losing the thread Yep, and then you get to the other side of this, which is, you know, they're coming from socialist countries, and they're seeing socialist policies, and they're seeing this crazy form of identity poli- politics play out in front of them, you know, and they're 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 nervous. They're, I, I assume they're nervous about that, just like uh, a lot of us are. Um, mm-hmm. The the other thing I think so we kind of touched on two big things here where I think Biden has really dropped the ball, which is the COVID stuff, right, and the education stuff. The other thing I think that we well, look, have to let's rem- just say about the COVID stuff because we didn't actually talk about what happened with the COVID stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah. So so just to to give you a little framework of what we're talking about, we've just talked a little bit about how Biden has lost the momentum of the democratic party that he had in 2020 but now so that's one of the reasons to be excited if you are a conservative right so the electoral uh the voter identification um switches and then the bellwethers that we're seeing around the country in terms of education 
mm-hmm. that are, are proving to propel our candidates into office. So it's very likely that the GOP wins the next election uh, by and large. But now we're kind of pivoting, I think, Hunter, to specific policies. Why his policy initiatives that he has in play right now are most likely over. Um, right. So not only has he lost the the will of the country and the political momentum, but he probably isn't going to get very much more of his agenda through as well. And that's where the COVID piece comes in so useful. So um, the the CDC or I'm sorry, rather the OSHA vax mandate got completely lambasted by the Supreme Court. Yes. Uh, it was a 6-3 decision and effectively there was a uh, there was the Sixth Circuit Court took the case uh, with I think the Daily Wire is the lead plaintiff actually which is pretty cool and then there was a stay put on the enforcement um, of the Vi- Biden vax mandate then it was That's overturned right. by an appellate court and yep. then the Supreme Court just reimposed the stay. The stay. Basically, with a message that said, "This is entirely overbroad. This goes well beyond anybody's mandate. Um, the only person who could possibly do something like this would be an act of Congress, uh, right. not not uh, unelected bureaucratic officials from the executive. And if you bring the case to the Supreme Court, you will lose. That's effectively what the the writ said. So, yep, it it was an amazing smackdown of a." Very tyrannical and, and disturbingly a knowing tyrannical move by the Biden administration and the bureaucracy in Washington. My favorite part about that uh, scene in the Supreme Court is when uh, Gorsuch jumped out of his uh, pew or whatever they sit on. I don't know. And grabbed about five vaccines from underneath his robe and started just sticking them in Sotomayor's arm saying, you like vaccines, huh? And just <laughs> that was kind of my favorite part. I don't know if you watched it, Chris, but. I think the Supreme Court is just a fascinating body of justices. So, uh, but no, this is they're this is so good news. quirky. <laughs> they are. And they're so quirky. Oh man, uh, this is good news, and it it's good news because it, it, it's showing that we're not going to have things just mandated through the deep state, right? Which is what OSHA was trying to do. They were acting in a capacity that they did not have the legislative authority to do so, right? And Congress makes the laws. The executive enforces the laws. What you cannot do is have an overbroad statement sent to the executive for them to interpret however they like. Mm-hmm. If we do that, we begin to live in autocratic rule, right? right? And so what's good about this is the system of America worked. There's two branches that were semi-colluding with each other, right? We won't make a law so you can do what you want. And the Supreme Court said, that's not how it works, you two. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, a beautiful so picture that's, of, of how the right. system works. Yes, yes. And that's great news. It's good to see it happen. It's terrible news for Biden. But, uh, I just I want to say real quick, but too, before we move off of this, sure. this is where we all have to say, regardless of how you feel, thank you to President Trump for appointing textualists to the Supreme Court like Amy Coney Barrett, because this is a textualist read. This is what textualism does. It makes the system work as designed because the system is implanted in the text and you, you interpret the text to interpret the system and apply the system correctly. That's why it's so important. Trump got this one right. 
I still think that Kavanaugh's been a bit of a panty waste, and we can talk <laughs> about the healthcare mandate, although that makes more sense. I still think uh, Kavanaugh's a coward for, for joining with Sotomayor on that one. Regardless, this is why you need textualists, and a big thank you to Donald Trump for appointing Justice Amy Coney Barrett. There you go. Um, but Christopher... What are the what are the uh, Democrats going to do around COVID? And people are asking, and they're wanting to see the logic and the plan that they have because so much of what they said just hasn't worked. Uh, and an interviewer put this to Kamala Harris, and she gave us these <laughs> tested and true words that could have been the roadkill this week, but it wasn't. <laughs> Forged in the fire of <laughs> uncertainty. And under qualification, please, Hunter, give us give us the diatribe of Kamala. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. And if that doesn't make sense to you, <laughs> what can be said about Kamala Harris oh, that hasn't Lord. already been said? Every day, it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Kamala Harris. <laughs> there has never she's been so, a worse politician on the face of planet Earth. She's Truly. She's so good at this. It, she, she seems illiterate. Yeah. Yeah. What we need to do is what we have been doing, and the time to do it is every day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how, why are you wasting everyone in America's time with, <laughs> like, by sitting in front of a camera and pretending like that sentence had meaning? You know, I used moron. to get mad at people for not knowing about the news and staying up with it international times. But I mean, honestly, go watch whatever stupid TV show you want. Go watch The Office for the 16th time. It really doesn't matter. Like, it's, Beavis, you'll learn something more. Beavis and Butthead has more <laughs> moral fabric and character than Kamala Harris. And occasionally their sentences even make sense. It, it, it is laughable. But, Hunter, you bring up a good point. Um, the Democrats have a huge problem with COVID and part mm. of the problem is that they were going to quote beat the virus. Remember when, when um, let's go Brandon himself mentioned that to us, shut down the virus. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to shut down the virus. They're not able to, no one's able to shut down the virus. No one is in control of the virus. And and by the way, if that was possible, why is the common cold like still a thing? Because honestly with Omicron, this is just the common cold now. Like why, why are any diseases real? If we can just willy nilly shut ones down that we see fit, you know, the truth of the matter is that virology is still an incredibly dense topic an incredibly fraught subject and there's some viruses that we cannot make a vaccine for because we cannot find a chemical a chemical mechanical apparatus to eradicate such a virus and, and, and mm. its barriers etc so so it's a miracle it's super lucky that this one had a vaccine in the first place but no one is a master of a virus no one is a mm. master of our of our biology it's far too complicated for anybody to to truly control especially a politician but they said they were going to to best it but but what has been happening you've mentioned this at the beginning of the show what has been happening in 2022 uh the the narrative is completely shifting instead of the cdc saying you have to quarantine for 10 days all the time and once you're done with 10 days do another 10 days just to make sure the previous 10 days was a proper quarantine now they've mm -hmm. reduced it to five days mm -hmm. now they'll never give up and say that that we need to be done with this, that we, we need to protect the vulnerable, shield the vulnerable, and and 
the rest of us need to get back to making the economy work. They can't do that. But now they've cut the days in half. And when asked what was the science behind that decision, they all pointed at an empty whiteboard and said, we can't tell you it's on the back of this whiteboard. But if we showed you, you know, oh, then, you we'd, know. then we'd have to kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just there's no science involved in any of this. The science hasn't changed. Right. It, it's just it's just utterly ridiculous. And, you, and you'll remember it was just several weeks ago before it was five days, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We're reducing the quarantine, or we're reducing our our danger ratings, and we're increasing our appetite for risk. It was just five days before when Omicron was going to set the world on fire. That right, there, exactly. we had news anchors coming online and saying that there uh, we're going there's going to be a shortage of hospital beds, and there's not enough capacity, and there's going to be there's going to be untold a shortage death. of Greek words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had to skip G because apparently it would have been too Chinese, and I'm like, the whole thing's too Chinese for my taste. That's um, fantastic. Anyhow, yeah. the the uh, not that you not that I don't like Chinese things, guys. It's uh, it's mostly the CCP. But apparently now, if you're a owner of a famous basketball team, a, a popular basketball team, you don't have to be concerned with the plight of the Uyghurs in in the. Can Zizhen. you believe that? It's insane to me. It's it is I know actually this is a tangent. insane to me. I know this is in tangent, but I, I can't. I don't even know who it is. But exactly what you said is like that owner basically came on and said, "I know that you, Mister Reporter, sir, care about the Uyghurs, but I don't." Yeah, and like most of us don't. I'm like, most of us don't have the power to do anything the, about the it. The problem is he's right. Like the problem is that that people he, won't stop watching basketball. I mean, sure, some people won't stop. The ratings are abysmal, but the but the. The problem is that he is right, saying, like, I don't care because I don't have to care. But what an evil thing to think. What an evil way to go about your business. Colin Moriarty has talked about this, and I think there's some there's some good truth to it, is that it's impossible for us in this environment to live in a moral way with the economy. It yes. just isn't. Like, yes, it's it, not you reasonable. You cannot go to the. You cannot buy anything off Amazon and it not come in a China-made box. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just the nature of what we do. It's how we live, and it's just the nature of the economy. And so you are going to be corrupt because you participate in it. That being said, you're not necessarily an actor continuing that. Like you, Chris Carl, don't have the ability to change the way that Apple makes their iPhones. Right. 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 But you live in a world where like an iPhone is almost required to participate in the economy. But, but right? if what you, don't you have... could do if you were the owner of an NBA team is say that my team won't play in China and my exactly. games won't broadcast in China. Like you're the one that could actually do something about you're it. You're the person that could change it and everyone would love it because we do care about what's going on over there. We don't want China to have more power in our economy. We don't want China to abuse these people. And if we had a way to live our lives where that wasn't so baked in, we would jump on the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Anyway, so that that's our little tangent rant, I guess. Uh, no, but. it's a it's a well made point. I, uh, but anyway, it's just it's just totally nutty. It's totally it is. nutty. Um, it's absolutely nutty. That's that's what I mean. I hate I hate the Chinese Communist Party that that <laughs> forwards atrocities like that, um, hmm. and makes people so desperate that they try and eat pangolin or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, it's all bad. It's all it's just turtles all the way down. It's all mm. pangolins and bat soup all the way down, Hunter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yum. And nary a chopstick between us to enjoy it. Uh, I have to die. <laughs> so, so anyhow, um, regardless, their their messaging is entirely flawed. 
they're backing off, but they can never back completely off. And they're, the tune will continue to change as they continuously are proved to not be in control of this disease. Uh, you know, mm. now more people have died on Biden's watch than than Trump's. So this just continues to spin out of control for uh, the president of the United States. And honestly, we had we we had a vaccine ready to go, and the messaging was terrible. You remember just two years ago? It seems like a lifetime ago. Two years ago, people were saying, "Well, I'm not going to take a Trump vaccine. I'll never put yep. that in my body." And now there's uh, you mean no- Kamala Harris? Yeah, Kamala Harris. And now there's nothing worse that you could possibly do on the face of planet Earth than be an anti-vaxer. Which, by the way, the dictionary mm-hmm. had to expand the definition of anti-vaxer to include being anti-vaccine mandate. They've mm-hmm. done a complete, not just a 180. They've done like a 720 heel grab in right. retreating from their previous position. It is insane how they have how they have recanted such a strongly held, strongly worded position on the vaccines. All Biden had to do if he wanted to actually make things better is walk in and say, the vaccine is here, the pandemic is over, get the vaccine. And yep. and more people would have been would have gotten the vaccine. The Trump people would have gotten it. The crazy Biden people would have gotten it. Everybody would have gotten it. Everyone would have been uh, in a much better place as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of to say about myocarditis, but look, I don't have it, so I don't really care if the Uyghurs in China get it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no. That's it. 100, look, <sighs> look, hate, hate uh. for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure, I guess. I could, that, I could be the Mavericks. That could be on a tombstone, I guess, you know. <laughs> Anyhow. So. so so they're they're not getting what they want out of out of their vaccine policy. Let's talk about another place where the Democrats have stymied their own agenda. And it is in the federalization of voting law. So mm-hmm. you'll remember January 6th, the big lie. The I know you remember because literally nobody with a, a blue check mark on Twitter can possibly stop talking about it for 30 minutes. But mm-hmm. it was the the big lie was that the the 2020 election was stolen. This does not appear to be true. Trump had every opportunity to prove that case in court. He failed to do so on every single count, on every single count. And past then, there's been bipartisan and unilateral audits, and none of them have revealed fraud in sufficient numbers to overturn the election. Now, I will say yep. that there was an insane amount of jerry-rigging that occurred in the last election that is unsustainable and unsupportable for the continuation of our republic. We should not have unlimited time to vote. We should not have unlimited locations to vote. We should not have um, unlimited liberty to drop off other people's votes. This is a system that is asking to be exploited, and we have to do something about that. However, however, legally speaking, there was no case to be made. How, uh, on On the other hand, though, Joe Biden is now making the case with the For the People Act, which is like as funny to me as calling the Patriot Act the Patriot Act, the sniveling diatribe that it was. The For mm. the People Act is going to federalize election law so that those in power can determine the methods and procedures by which the votes are counted and tallied. This is a mistake, and their defense for this is saying that January 6th, to prevent another January 6th, we have to federalize election. This is insane. The argument being made here is 
So the Republicans don't try and not certify an election. We have to we have to be the ones to certify every election from now to the end of time. Yep. It, it, yep. It's absurd. It's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to blow up your car so you never get into a car accident. It's a crazy thing to do. Mm. Unless of course I can't drive. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. But it, it it's it's a completely inane bill and anybody who thinks this is a good idea has no understanding of our constitution no understanding of the principles of federalism and how they protect you literally on a day-to-day basis from the predations of a very powerful federal government right i mean that's exactly what we're talking about in the vaccine mandate right is how that is how federalism essentially protects us in our uh democracy is set up to make sure that you know the federal government cannot inflict uh autocratic rule on the states Mm -hmm. you know and that's that's good news um one of the things that's been so key to this is that in order to get this voting rights bill through the through the senate is they'd have to do away with the filibuster right um which has become one of the ways that whoever's in power and the law they want to pass they just remove the filibuster from that section of law from the from the senate right it's unfortunately the way things have been going um and the filibuster needs to stay in effect, right? Because the Senate is not built to do things quickly. That is one of the geniuses of this, of Congress, and that's why we like these systems in place. And the more place we have the filibuster in place, the better. Um, but one thing that you've heard for the argument for getting rid of the filibuster is that it is from uh, racist, racist Jim Crow. <laughs> yes, exactly, Chris. Um, racist Jim Crow Southland. And... The only reason it was ever used ever was to keep um, black people in chains, Mr. Joe Biden. And yeah, actually, the first bill that was filibustered was a bill that was going to give every black person a free Jolly Rancher. And they just the you know, those evil racists in the South just filibustered it to to no end. This is a lie. This is incredibly (laughs) stupid. This is yeah. incredibly stupid. They, they can't even point you to an example of what they're talking about because it makes no sense. Like the voter ID is racist. If you are racist, that makes perfect sense. If you think black people are too stupid to access the internet or drive to the DMV, if you are a racist in your heart, if you are infested with the soft bigotry of low expectations, then that makes perfect sense to you. You're like, oh, yes, well, black people need white people's help to literally uh, take a piss. Um, so they obviously, right. so voter ID is racist because they're not going to be able to figure that out, right? That's right. how you think. And so it makes perfect sense. But with this, with, with the For the People Act, it literally makes no sense. Or I'm sorry, not the For the People Act. With with the elimination of the filibuster, it literally makes no sense. You cannot draw a connection between the two things. It is impossible to show the filibuster being used in with racist intent. It just it just is not. There's nothing there. There is nothing there. Even if yeah. you are a racist and bring all of your racist prerequisites to the table. So okay, sorry. Have you? Yeah, you've gotten out of your system now. Almost. Okay. You go ahead. I can give you... Okay. <laughs> so so what you should know then is that while the Democrats are arguing in the public square for the filibuster to be removed on the grounds that it is indeed racist, just this past week they used the filibuster. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you, you live long enough 
to be the hero or you die a villain or something. I forget how the quote goes, but you get the idea. Not, Harvey Dent was the true hero of Batman. Not only um, that, they set the record for most uses of the filibuster back in the uh, 19th through 20 uh, congressional term. So, so Trump's last year in office, there were 328 recorded votes for cloture, which is how we determine how many filibusters are used. So not only That's have they used beautiful. it in the past week, but literally they are the champions they have set the world record in racism that based on their own argument. So let's talk about this bill that got the filibuster last week because it's very interesting. Um, Ted Cruz, you remember that guy. He put a bill forward in the Senate that essentially called for sanctioning a, um, I believe the um, company is Nord Stream 2. But the, the short of it is he wanted to sanction the company that's building the pipeline in Russia that's going to make it easier for them to... Uh, serve gas to Germany. Okay, that was the bill that that Ted Cruz put up, and the reason they did that is because we all know how we feel about the Russians right now in Ukraine, and he would really like to sell. We would really like to sell our gas to Germany, not Russia's gas. So there's some there's some naked self interest in that. There's some interest in the geopolitical powers at play there. There's a lot going on in that bill. Fifty five senators, Christopher were on board to vote that bill into effect to do the sanction, right? If you'll notice something, 55 includes at least five Democrats, yeah. right? At minimum. Um, you'd be wrong because it's seven Democrats, two Republicans were on board. That's how popular this bill is, right, in the Senate, right? Wow. Uh, it, could, it could be, it could, I could be wrong. It could be, it could be six. But anyway, you, you get what I'm trying to say. The math works out where there are some Republicans actually against this bill and some Democrats are for it. Now, if you'll remember something, Christopher, Russian agent uh, Mr. Trump, who was the greatest Russian agent asset to ever lived, gave weapons to Ukraine. Trumpkowski. And went to Germany and said, don't buy Russia's gas. We pay for NATO. We pay all these dues. You buy gas from us, which is a little bit of hard-boiled dealing, right? This is the bill. That the Democrats in the Senate blocked with the filibuster this week. Now, I don't know how I feel about it. I enjoy a free market kind of taking care of things. So there's parts of me that don't like this bill right off the bat. But this bill, which ensures the Russians have a better position geopolitically, is the one that the Democrats used the racist filibuster to strike down. How about that for just uncanniness? These people and just have no shame. Absolutely not. They, Chuck Schumer can stand in front of everybody and say, you know, the filibuster is racist and then do crap like this. Literally improving Russia's Russia's stance on the world stage, which they pretended to be about against for all of Trump's presidency. It is just right. nutty. It is just nutty. Right. It is. These people are crazy. Here's I'll add another one, another one to the mix. Um, and Hit me. We probably should have talked about this earlier, but the Electoral Count Act. Senate Democrats yep. have rejected the Electoral Count Act, which we were talking about January 6th earlier in the big lie, whereas now we have Joe, Bi Joe Biden's even bigger lie, which is that every election is fraudulent from now until the end of time. Now the yes. big lie um, that basically that Mike Pence, and this is why they said they were calling for the, the blood of Mike Pence um, when, when, you know, Moosehead man entered the Capitol or whatever. I don't care. Oh my um, lord! The I don't remember it perfectly, and I remember some of it imperfectly 
on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, when Mooseheadman Man went into his call for Joe, uh, Mike Pence, it's because they were saying that based on this act that was published in like 1850 whatever i don't know the electoral count act that the vice president just didn't have to certify the results of an election it wouldn't happen so the republicans were like well let's to make sure that that's clear let's rewrite that portion of the electoral count act to make it clear the senate democrats turned it down they don't give a crap about january 6th they don't give a crap about covid they don't give a crap about teachers unions they don't give a crap about you the only thing that they care about the only thing that keeps nancy pelosi ticking unfortunately in that weird ambling way that she does is power Mm. it is just naked aggressive power they want to kill the filibuster and yet they are the kings of the filibuster it's racist and they love it and you know what why don't we just believe them for once for once, against the judgment of our better angels, why don't we just believe them? When they say that they're the most racist people on planet Earth, you know what? Agreed. Agreed. That might mm. be the type of thing that leads you to say something crazy, like George Floyd's death had more impact than Dr. King's assassination. These people are out of their minds. But luckily, they're mm. losing across the board. Across the yep. board. So what we can expect to see in 2022 is a, a little Virginias all around the nation uh, popping up... Uh, should be filling this the house with with gop members making the senate red um and winning lots of gubernatorial seats the country over and i am here for it and hunter Mm. when that day comes and it is surely coming because they are losing on every front losing the narrative losing the policy when that day comes what do we want to see from Mm. the gop what do we want to see from the conservative movement i have my big wish i i've got like my my top of ticket thing but i want to hear from you first uh you know i am a big fan of what eric weinstein calls a xenophilic restrictionist which means a love for other cultures but responsible barriers to keeping people from coming over into our country willy-nilly right and i think that One of the things that we need is a really rational policy on how we can get as many people into America as humanly possible that want to be here and making sure that there is some kind of policy in there to keep people we don't want in here out. Right. And people that are not about our values, that want to abuse our system against us and things like that. I think we need that figured out. And that, I think, is only going to be considered by the Republicans because they're the only people concerned about securing our border right in a, in a adult manner right and so what i really want to see is not build the wall you know i think the there might be some instances where the wall is the right thing but i really want to see is like how are we getting the best the brightest the people that really want to put their all in that don't have everything but have the work ethic and the love for the values of this country in here as fast as we can that's mm-hmm. what i want to see um, because you know i don't want I don't want people here to lose their jobs or anything like that, but I do know that the more people that are in this country and the bigger it grows, the more opportunity we create for everybody here. Uh, and so as the, long as it's sustainable, I agree with you. Like like yes. the most the most we can get here sustainably. Um, and yes, exactly. And I love what you said. I want to know what I'm paying for with a policy. If I vote for your policy, mm-hmm. I want to know what it's buying me. And so that that's really important to me, too, is a, a, enough of these emotional appeals. Let's get down to business, just like DeSantis is doing in Florida with COVID, I think. It wasn't an emotional mm-hmm. appeal. It was, here's how we roll this thing out and protect the most vulnerable and get back to business. And he did a fantastic job. And he explained to people very clearly, 
here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, and here's what it buys you. I want that from a politician. I don't need a, a chant. I, I don't need a slogan. I don't need any of that horse crap. I love your idea, uh, xenophilic restrictionism. That's I think that's how most of most conservatives feel. Um, I think that's how most people in America feel. Yeah, when they really so. ask them the right questions. Probably yeah. so. When they're not when they're not making an empty an empty vie for power. Yeah, I yes. agree. Here's here's two things that are at the top of my list. One, I want I want smart economic decision making. I am looking for I am looking to remove these tyrannical restrictions that have iced our economy. And I mean not just the COVID ones. I mean the anti anti energy ones, the anti nuclear ones, the anti oil ones. I want to return to a more laissez faire system of capitalism when it comes to some of the most giant sectors of our economy. I think we have been suffering at the the control of petty tyrants for far too long. So that's one thing that's huge on my list that I felt like Trump could have accomplished and just didn't. And here's here's the biggest one on my list. Every federal bureaucracy needs to be gutted immediately. Yeah, if we actually, take if we take back the, the exec- most important thing. Yeah, I think so. If we take back this, the executive and we do not gut federal bureaucracies, we are a sham party. It is time to it is time to move on from the GOP. I just want to tell you something, Christopher. You know, the CIA, we've talked a little bit on the show about MK Ultra, which is the illegal testing of drugs on American people without their consent. Um, you brought up the Patriot Act, Patriot Act earlier on this episode. Which like, was the NSA. We, yes, but when are we going to learn? Like, when are we going to be able... And then we saw the FBI during the whole Trump-Russia thing. Not Maybe collude is, is too strong of a word, but the text messages between Peter Strzok and the other lady who was involved Carter, with him Carter definitely... Page. I think that might. Um, I don't no, know if it's that Lisa, or not. Lisa Page. Okay. Oh no! Um, now my brain's broken. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, definitely felt weird. When, when are we going to learn that these people do not have the American people's interest in mind? They're actually much more about control, and you know, and they're they in a, in a sense resemble our politicians and stuff. And I think you hit a good thing: is there has to be a reckoning in there that you know. We, we need those organizations to perform their functions, but not at the expense of the American people. Yeah, not, right? not at the expense of our liberty. We have, to, right, we have exactly. to return to a level of liberty, and we have to return to a, a structure where liberty is possible. And I'm sorry, but the, the CDC doesn't get to tell me who I can and cannot kick out of my building. Exactly we, right. We, exactly we, right. And, and OSHA doesn't get to tell me where I can and cannot work. Yes, yep. the world is a dangerous place, but America was built on rugged individualism, and it has pros and it has cons. But one of the pros is that nobody tells you what to do. And by the way, mm-hmm. when you get into a system where you're comfortable with other people telling you what to do, that's the USSR, man. And, and you can you can turn it, twist it any which way you want. But communism, where everybody and the government just takes care of everybody, and it's a big warm group hug, it. It never freaking works. It has never worked. It will never work. People were not built for that. People are too evil for that. You are too mm-hmm. evil for that. And these bureaucracies mm-hmm. that give individuals, unelected bureaucrats, unbelievable uh, lateral movement in order to enact policies and enact power over their fellow man, we are not moral enough. We are not good enough. We are not pure enough to sustain such a burden, and it is obvious. If we want to be conservative, we need to conserve what is most important to us, that is liberty, and these federal bureaucracies are an anathema to our uh, to our liberty. 
mm-hmm. they have been for years and years and years they have been for as long as i've been alive and i'm sure much longer than that it is time it is time to gut them it is time to return a little bit of danger to our society it is time to take the training wheels off it is time to quit having our hands held it is time to open ourselves up to the possibility of failure and it is time to recapture liberty that made america the greatest country in the world and trump unfortunately didn't do it somebody needs to do it somebody needs to have the balls to do it yeah yeah exactly right and then once you we push you out into this new and dangerous world armed with nothing but your rugged individualism what will you do for your body which is so sagging and lifeless there's only one thing you must equip yourself with the supplements from fnx fit how then Will you embrace the new world of rugged individualism if the individual that you are isn't rugged? Supplements add to your ruggedity. Please don't look up that word unless you're using Merriam-Webster's dictionary because they just make up all the crap in it anyhow. But increase your ruggedity. It's like rigidity, (laughs) but better. By taking yeah. just a, a cavalcade of supplements, a, a cornucopia of potions and tinctures from our friends at FNXFit.com. Look. Not an apothecary. When I started taking <laughs> FNXFit.com, I weighed exactly one pound, all fat. Now, I weigh 200 pounds of pure muscle. Is that true? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. And I also don't <laughs> on a scale. But here's what I'm telling you. I, I want your money. So go right now to fnxfit.com slash carlpooling. Use checkout code carlpooling for 15% off. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Yeah. J.G. Wetworth. J.G. Wetworth. Anyway. 867 um, cash now. I think we'd probably we go to jail for that, right? Can you say I think we were <laughs> that? I don't know. I don't know. What were we saying it about? That's what I don't understand. I don't know. I have no, I have yeah. no idea. We're just repeating other people's slogans. Is that <laughs> yeah, legal? Exactly. Can you do that? I don't know. We're not. I mean, I thought that was just something you came up with. I'm I've not a lawyer, but life. I'm just going to say the words satire and fair use. And also, okay. why make them so dang catchy if I'm not allowed to repeat them? <laughs> I'm loving it. You wanted um, this. <laughs> <laughs> so what I wanted to say is. I know we transitioned there to the joke in the bit, but the last piece you said there was so good and crucial, Chris. And I really want people to take that away with them is, you know, it, it is time to accept some failure. Yes. Yes. No more coddling. No more babysitting. No more having daddy government take care of it for you. Right. That That's the world we would need to want to live in and take some responsibility for what's happening here. So well done. Yep. Great show. I really enjoyed this one, buddy. Hey, man, I did too. And to all of you beautiful people out there, buy my supplements and get tested. Follow the show, Carl Pulling. I'm at Emotional Carl. He's at Chris X Carl and a bunch of other stuff. I said it wrong. His handle. It's okay. No one really cares. Bye. (laughs)